tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Chris Gabin. Eric Siska. And we hate movies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in, as always. If you are new to us, if you have found us via the Sideshow Network, welcome. Thank you for hanging out. We're happy to be here. Uh, Today we're talking about a truly atrocious film from the (laughs) 1980s. And first we'll say, finally, welcome to the program, Whoopi Goldberg. Finally, man. Uh, Was this her first? uh, This is is Whoopi's first time on the show. Uh, With 1987's Fatal Beauty, directed by Tom Holland, what is this movie? Oh, I can tell you exactly what this movie is. Chris Cabin's oh, going to tell us exactly. Uh, wait, wait, I want to hear this. Beverly Hills Lady Cop. Yeah, you're yeah. totally right. It's precisely what it is. It's just like, hey, you know what? Eddie Murphy, he made us a bunch of money three years ago. Yep. Whoopi Goldberg's going to make us a bunch of money now. No, she's not. Like, make her a cop. Make her have a potty mouth. You're totally yep. right. Because she, she's just a wisecracking Axel Foley. As portrayed by Whoopi Goldberg is what's oh, happening. Although, like I read a little bit, bit, bit of trivia uh-huh. that Cher was going to play this role originally. And you know what? That makes complete sense because this is a great place to start. Whoopi Goldberg's name in this movie, and I get the irony because her name is Whoopi Goldberg, yeah. but she's playing a character in this movie named Rizzoli. And there's one Rita scene... Rizzoli, yeah. Rita Rizzoli. There's one scene in this movie where they... Uh, Sam Elliott says to her, like, well, that sure is a nice Italian name. And they make no joke. Oh, of- but there's, yeah, he's also like, and you got them beautiful Italian per- per- uh, brown eyes. It's or- it's so insane. Like, she's the character in the movie was supposed to be actually Italian. And Cher's pulling off Italian. Yeah. And just let's let's clear this up. Uh, because, you know, because her name is Rizzoli, you might be wondering if Sam Elliott's name is Isles. It is not. <laughs> just so we have but that cleared up. It's also kind of, it's kind of all right with me that the fact that they just like, you know, well, you know, this is a, a part written for whatever and, yeah. we're, and we're just going to put whoever in it. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's totally fine, but, but take out the scene where they have a conversation yes. about her being Italian. Yes, they, they, really, <laughs> they really go over the top with it because they mention it a lot. Um, like in Shawshank Redemption with Morgan Freeman as yeah. Red, it's it's like played for a joke in one scene. In, yep. Instead, these scenes are played like super serious, like you're Italian. Well, <laughs> well that's what's funny is because uh, I, I heard a story. I think uh, it was actually on the commentary for the Beverly Hills Cop Blu-ray. Um, okay. Right, where you, uh, had Beverly day off, Hills Cop I... was actually supposed to be a Sylvester Stallone vehicle. Oh, really? And they turned it into a comedy specifically to... Make the script work casted? for for uh, Eddie Murphy. Oh, I see. Oh, it was it was going to be Cobra too. It was it was like Cobra. It was supposed to be like Cobra. That's uh, 
Yeah, no thanks. It no. went the right way. Yeah, I'm very happy. <laughs> and they this did went the did. wrong way. Absolutely. This is the wrong way. So this is Whoopi Goldberg is, I mean, she's Axel Foley. She yeah. is a hard-nosed detective, always quick with the one-liners, uh, you know, kind of like the bane of the police force's existence. Like oh, everyone God. else on this police force, including, because it's a 1980s cop comedy, the run-ragged chief played by some man who's one heartbeat away from not being on this earth anymore. He's at wit's end. He is about to lose it. Like He's, he's going to pop. He's, he's going to blow a gasket. Well, no, that's the thing. <laughs> I don't think he he's like defeated. He's just like, oh, Rizzoli, you know what? I yeah, didn't want to get out of bed today anyway. You know what? I'm going home, and you can go and deal with all of this stuff you started. Chris, you are right. I think his gasket probably blew like six months ago, and he's just like, oh, yeah. this yeah, is just the steam. Like he's that. brain and soul dead Yeah. after this, and it's just like, whatever you're going to do, I know you're just going to do it, Rizzoli. Yes. Foley Rizzoli. <laughs> so we start out, Whoopi Goldberg is, of course, dressed up like a prostitute undercover. She's running down the street just yelling one-liners at people. It's like, this is the introduction to your movie that is pushing the two-hour mark. And you're like, oh, okay. I remember the first time I saw this about a year or two ago. It's like, oh, that's what this movie is. Okay, I'm, I have 147 minutes left of this movie, and I know exactly what's going on. Hooray. <laughs> Like <laughs> she and, just doesn't like, stop. And by the way, she's an undercover agent. It turns out in this scene, yes, she's wearing stuff, stuff. that everybody remembers, like a big blonde wig. <laughs> You're yeah. totally right. Like this crazy pink and like leopard print dress thing going on. Oh, it's nuts! And then my favorite part: the sunglasses that are hands. Oh my god! They're like ha- they're like sunglasses in the shape of jazz hands. Yeah. It's the I know. I thing. thought I was watching Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> So she, like, goes into this bar or whatever to try to get this dude to sell her some drugs is what's going on. And she gets sexually harassed by Cheech Marin. Oh, big time sexually oh, harassed man. by Cheech Marin. He's sticking his big Cheech tongue out. And he's just, like, asking, oh, boy, don't you kiss me, baby? And I'm like, man, yeah, this is a business. <laughs> You're working here right now. How about that uh, stereotypical Texan next, oh, to, God. next to him? Who thinks he's going to wrangle her afterwards. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, didn't work for... Cheech over there. I'm gonna wrestle my way over here. I can buy you a. I can buy you a Takata. And I believe that twice in the same scene, she threatens different characters with, "If you don't get away from me, or if you don't stop what you're doing, I'm gonna cut your dick off." Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, so that this movie is at that level. Oh yeah. Like we're talking about cutting dicks. Like it's that level now. Later, balls are almost shot off. Oh well, that's that comes standard. I feel is it ball cut or the well, threat of ball the cutting? Thre- I mean, ball <laughs> threat in general. Well, like Jim it's... Belushi and Canine, like he's like the dog's gonna bite your balls off. You know, like it's yeah. been around for a while. Yeah, I guess you're right. That was the start of ball danger in cinema. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like ball danger's been around forever. Like was oh, Charlie yeah. Chaplin ever hitting the balls? I'm pretty sure Harold Lloyd, it, Buster <laughs> Keaton, maybe. Yeah. A, a house fell on Buster Keaton's balls. It's fine. <laughs> So, you know, this whole this whole deal goes wrong. Like the dude shows up and, you know, they're about to they're about to do this whole thing. And then this guy in the back of the bar starts like getting rough with this other woman. And yeah. like Whoopi's got to stop in and take care of this because, you know, she's a good person. You find what? out like she like stands for the people of the streets. And this turns out to be 
an informant of yeah, hers. Yeah, her informant. Her, like, best, like, uh, ears yeah, on the ground kind of a thing. She's in the middle of this bar getting beaten by, this is like Klaus Kinski's stunt double or something. <laughs> Dude, he looks like a cross between Klaus Kinski and the woman who plays Zool in Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes. the, like the singer from uh, Die Antwood. <laughs> It's got a so, fucking randy blonde mullet. It's, it's not, it's not it's good. gross. He's hammering this chick in this bar, and like Cheech's not doing anything. Not no a one thing. cares. They're just like, oh well, let him. Yeah, I'm not getting involved in people's business, but it's like, well, if, if a woman dies in your bar, yeah, that might just draw you know attention to other bars. Yeah, you're getting put out of business, Chief. Yeah, I don't or think Cheech, that. rather, I should say. Um, so she follows this dude out in the alley, and she's like, hey, you know, knock it off. I'm a cop. You know. And this guy like turns around and just starts like beating the shit out of her. Oh yeah, he throwing gets it in. the n word this like, way and that. Oh my god! And then like we're raising the stakes again because like all right, first you're saying you're gonna cut someone's dick off. You're like all right, it's that movie. Okay, fine, you know. And before that, she's out on the street doing a lot of like don't mess with me, motherfucker, like this and that. So you're like tuning yourself into the language. And then it's like all right, cutting balls off. That's fine. That's the level where this movie is. I get it. And then all of a sudden, the N-word is thrown out like seven times in, in a 10 row. seconds. Like, oh. just going for it. As this dude is stomping her. And it's I'm like, insane. I thought this was a Whoopi Goldberg cop comedy. And, and like, man, I get it. I This is the villain, so he's got to be evil. Well, he's the, I wish he was the villain if he was having lines of dialogue this. He's, a, he's, like, a, he's like a hoodlum. For he's this just, scene, he's the villain. Yeah, he's the villain of the scene. Because <laughs> he's about to you're kill right. his, her informant. Like, I get it why, is, you, why you're trying to yeah. amp it up so much. Is that an acting trick? Like, okay, who's the villain of this scene? And who is the protagonist of the scene? And I Like, maybe when the person is writing it. If you're yeah. sitting around acting a scene out and you're like, no, which one of us is the villain? <laughs> no one has read the scene. Mm, not the one with the knife, no. Uh, maybe the kind of dead prostitute, no. Fatal Beauty, we guarantee you a villain in every scene. <laughs> Chock full of villains. <laughs> so she just murders this guy, like just totally shoots this guy dead. Yeah. And But the whole like undercover operation is blown, you know, yeah. like so her... Her buddies yeah. come in like, you fucked it up again, Rizzoli. Yeah, the drug dealer is long gone. The money she brought to buy the drugs with, you know. Also gone. Also gone, just taken by someone in the alley when her when her purse gets thrown in in her, her stomping that ensued. <laughs> so, you know, then we're, we're introduced to this chief and it's like, you know. Yeah, the, all that money's gone. This person's murdered. What's going on with this, you know, undercover operation? Well, we cannot miss. She's got uh, two partners, uh, or not partners, like uh, <laughs> oh, detectives God. they work. This one guy will not stop. The oh. dude from Lost with the mullet? Um, the guy who, in the thing, his head becomes the uh, spider. <laughs> not really narrowing it down, but I know who you're talking yes. about. Yes. <laughs> The one whose head becomes the spider. Well, because there's the guy from Lost whose name is Chris Mulkey. No, no, that's the other the one. This is the other one. The gentleman, I think. Yeah, right. it's gotcha. the round, the rotund fella. Oh, okay, yes. yeah. He um, sort of looks like Robert Wool meets yes. the Michelin Man. 
But like, man, right after you went on like an N-word spree, yep. he's referring to this, his colleague, as a dusky detective. <laughs> yeah. And then what? like she bends over to get a piece of evidence. He's like, yeah, I could show you a good time there, honey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, Rizzoli, you ever have a doggy style? But it's awesome, though, because the whoopster flips it around. Yeah. She's always flipping them, yeah. right? And she's just like... I have it. What do you think about it or whatever? And yeah, then like she, all this dude's just like humiliated. She implies that he has had, had a, someone had perpetrated doggy style on him and the crowd that has gathered starts to chuckle. Thinks it's pretty good. <laughs> Thinks it's a pretty good one. Hey, if I was there, I'd laugh at that fat fuck oh, too. He's I being, would. It, impl- it, he's being completely inappropriate is what's happening. Well, he also, they had, they make a bet over this corpse Oh, that's well. So we're we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, as I feel what's going on because we can't also uh, we can't forget Brad Dourif is in this movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the other side of like so this she's trying to get this like drug ring or whatever, and this guy that she was going to buy from, uh, you know, winds up running away when she goes after the the woman getting hit on in the alley or whatever. Kind of so- looks like Big Daddy from The Simpsons. <laughs> He's kind of wearing a muumu. Yeah. So then, like, we follow this guy, and this guy, like, goes into, uh, like, a closed Chinese restaurant or whatever. And then we see, like, a van outside, and it's Brad Dourif and, like, two other dudes getting ready to rob this place or whatever. And then we see what's going on. There's, like, three Asian women and an Asian man, like, just totally nude, like, going through the the coke and everything. One dude's got the giggle fits. Yeah. (laughs) He's been, like, ingesting it somehow. So he's, like, freaking out or whatever. And then one of the guys that Brad Dourif is with is, like, also working for this drug ring, and he's going to, like, turn on them. So he's like, all right, I'll leave the door unlocked and blah, blah, blah. And you go in, and they just start shooting up the place. Like, Brad Dourif and this other guy just, like, murder everybody. Yeah. And it's like, we're stealing all of the, the product. This guy's laughing throughout the murders. Yeah. yeah. Brad Dourif's playing a real crazy dude in this movie. Well, he's a total scumbag. But, uh, like, and isn't, I think Tom Holland wrote Child's Play? Or he directed it? He at least definitely directed it a year after this movie. So, yeah, I think that this is the, laying the groundwork. For, for playing Chucky, for being a serial killer, right, like, right, or like a you know a voodooistic one. That no, is. Right. We're gonna do this movie so you can get in character for the yeah. next movie. We're gonna lay some <laughs> groundwork. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. And I now mean, you're gonna be in the in both movies. You get to be the villain in every scene. This is the big villain. This is the vi- this villain's in every scene almost. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, like he's crazy in this movie he's totally crazy so like they go on this killing spree they steal all the product which the product is called fatal beauty yes this strain of coke that the we're told the guy has like cut incorrectly and there's too much of one cutting agent so it's like really (laughs) strong and poisonous and lives up to its name fatal beauty right um so then they get called to that scene and then, yeah, these two, like, pig detectives are like, oh, his face is so shot up. Like, we'll give you 50 bucks if you can positively uh, ID him. And she's like, oh, yeah, that ring on his finger has his initials on it. Great detective work, everybody. You know, and she goes out and she sees, like, this van for this security systems company. and Crawl uh, Enterprises. Crawl, yeah, like yeah. the warrior. Oh, well. Or is it Crawl? Like, like Nick, Nick Crawl. Nick Crawl. Oh, is it? Okay. Like Nick Crawl's uncle. Kroll is... Crawl is the the conqueror. That's a movie. Call the conqueror. Oh, call, call the 
Crawl the Conqueror, and then Crawl well, is Crawl is the movie, and then with, there's with Liam Neeson the as a, oh, as a oh, giant oh. or whatever. Yes, and then there's a big alien monster. Thing. Wait, but there it's is a there's good a movie. Wait, Crawl, man. All right, hang on. There is a movie called Crawl, right? There yes. is. So I'm not crawl. crazy. No, no yeah, there's, there's a movie a, called there's crawl. crawl. But then there's and also you should check it out. It's pretty nice. I've seen it. Well, you should watch it again. But then there's you're saying Call the Conqueror is a different I think, thing. I think I think this might be a case. Of the internet ticker being needed to... So we'll fire up the internet ticker to get an answer on that. But so anyways, she sees this van and there's blood coming out of it and... The third guy got shot. Yeah, so that dude's like dead in the van or whatever. Call the Conqueror with Kevin Sorbo. Right, there we go, okay. Um, So now now we're back at the detective precinct and he's flipping the fuck out. And it turns out that this like crawl of crawl, you know, security or whatever this guy's business is, is a dude... High up in society, you know, we're, it's the 1980s, so your vague drug trade's happening, right? All over the place. So Whoopi's basically saying, like, hey, this dude, Crawl, is somehow involved in this drug racket. Yeah, and the guy's stuff. like, listen, I don't like where this is going. He has ties to all sorts of politicians, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It's 1987. It's exactly what you think is going to happen. Yeah, it's the vague drug trade. Yep. I mean, you know, it's, uh, there's always a rich white dude behind it, you know, like we've seen canines before us. And I've been uh, reading a lot of self-help books these days, and uh, oh yeah, I think that I mean this is to me this oh is exactly God. what. Are the, you okay? Well, a little bit. <laughs> no, but this is what I imagine. This guy's going the, the the chief. Yeah, because he's always just like, do it. Like, no, just don't. Please don't do it. Like, yeah, this I want, dude's ready like, to little, kick the chair out. Yeah, I kind of want more of a lethal weapon type chief where he is like yelling at him and like actually like you get your job done versus like. Oh, oh, Rizzoli. Yeah. Really, man? No, this guy's got like his own cloudy hanging above him. Yeah. Oh, no, Rizzoli. Look who's back. It's cloudy. You make my life miserable. I don't want to do it. What? Why? Why would you do that to somebody? Don't shoot up everybody. <laughs> so then we get this scene. One of my favorite character actors that doesn't really get a lot of work <laughs> these days, James LaGrosse. Yep. Totally awesome dude. Uh, he's playing like this drug dealer who's slinging some of this. Brad Dourif and his buddies come up. Uh, one dude is what? Mark what? Pellegrino. From Mark Lost. Pellegrino from Lost is one of the guys. And then this other guy whose character's name is Frankenstein. They're trying <laughs> to like intimidate him. Well, it's not James. James LaGross is just a kid. He's not the. Oh, dealer. that's not the drug dealer. No, they no, look. No. Don't they look very similar? A, a little bit. Yeah. I, I... So then this other guy isn't anybody though. He's right? just a nobody. He's just, no, he's just big, a big drug dealer. Nobody. But so they're trying to intimidate this guy, like you're gonna sling for us or blah blah blah. And to get this guy like shaking in his boots, <laughs> oh this man God. whose name is Frankenstein just takes a glass soda bottle and chomps into it and chews it up and then spits bits of blood, glass, and presumably the inside of his mouth into this dude's like champagne glass that he's got or whatever. And it's one of those things like it shouldn't bother me because obviously this movie is stupid. But, like, he starts chewing the glass, and there's a clear shot of him chewing the glass and pearly whites beaming out. And then all of a sudden, he's got, like, a whole hunk of blood just drooping out of his mouth. That's how it works. It comes out in hunks. Yeah, big old hunk. (laughs) It's so disgusting. So this guy's like, all right, I will deal drugs for you or whatever. Yeah, yeah just please don't eat glass in front of me ever again. (laughs) Ruining my champagne. If you don't sell drugs for us, I'll... Do more I'm going to eat all harm. your glasses. Yeah. I'm just going to keep eating this glass until you, you have that, no more glass. See that jar of tomato sauce? whole thing's going in my mouth. <laughs> I'm going to chew it right up. 
Um, we get a scene of uh, this is one of my favorite moments is Whoopi Goldberg at this diner or like deli, deli. counter. It's a or deli whatever. counter, yeah. and it's like she's been working all night, and this dude's like just opening up for business because like now the sun's come up, mm-hmm. and she's got to order a pastrami on rye because she's a big tough cop. And while this is happening, this is where James yes, Legros comes James in, Le and he's gonna like rob the joint. And, like, she talks him out of it by doing the second of two magic tricks that she does in this movie. Yeah. I didn't mention this. In the first scene with the in the in when they're in the alley and the guy's using the N-word, like, she totally does a Batman magic trick on him. Because, like, she's she's one place, <laughs> and then he looks, oh, yeah. and she vanishes, and he's like, where are you? And she's like, it's ridiculous. She pops up behind him, and she's just like, well, I'm right here, behind you somehow. It's ridiculous. By, this, by the way, this is also after he threatens, like, I know where you live, and I'm going to break into your house late at night and, <laughs> yeah. and then fight you and then fuck you. <laughs> like, so, he's I'm, like, I'm not only going to break into your house and, and hurt you, I'm also going to rape you. It's like also, it's, he, and he, like, words it like a bonus. Like, he's like, and maybe just for fun, I'll fuck your brains out. Yeah, right, and this yeah. is James Legros <laughs> saying this That's back it. at the deli. <laughs> but so then he pulls, he's like, goes to pull a knife on her, and he's like, huh, huh? And she's like, oh, looking for this? And she pulls this switchblade out. Look I'm like, what, what? I have? Come your on. phallic symbol. Come on, Oliver Twist. Like, uh, yeah. what? <laughs> then, this little pickpocket she is now? And yeah, and he accuses her. He's, he's like, that's a crime or whatever. But it's like, you were just pulling, you were, you were trying to pull a knife on <laughs> yeah, someone. You can't exactly did. use that line. So she like talks him out of it and she's like, go home, kid. I got to eat this sandwich and get to bed or whatever. <laughs> And the chief explicitly says, like, and also, you're not investigating this Kroll guy. He's way too powerful. Like, nobody can touch him. Alone. Stay away. And she goes up to his house in her pink Cadillac. And we are greeted by the most beautiful <laughs> specimen oh 1987 ever saw. <laughs> I, You know, I knew he was in this movie. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But when I saw this, yeah. I got weak in the knees. It was it's something. incredible. Here comes a 1987 Sam Elliott. With the Sam Elliott mustache and the most beautiful, totally wild, untamable mullet. I mean, this hair it's is outrageous. It's, it's a mane. Call it what it is. It's a mane. Yeah. It's a mane. It's, a it's mane. an absolute lion mane. Yeah. This thing is so awesome. He's got a couple of horse features, if you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's hard <laughs> to say no. <laughs> it is hard. It is. And so he is playing like Mr. Kroll's head of security. Yeah. And it's just like, no, you can't come in, Whoopi Goldberg. Well, and I'm going to flirt with you for a little bit. Yeah. yeah so now we're just we're flirting well, for there? ten like, minutes. I'm Mike Marchek. Yeah. And I'm I'm here to do security. Mike Marchek. Yeah, I work security for Mr. Kroll. You're gonna. You got some beautiful eyes there. This is the scene where he's like, yeah. oh, "That's a nice Italian name, Rizzoli. Look at you, a, a beautiful Italian woman." <laughs> and you're just like, okay, you know. <laughs> and so then it's like we cut to, and this is, there's like a little amazing bits after little amazing bits in this movie. So right when I'm like uh, just getting over the shock of that mane, we get a nude Harris Eulen in a swimming pool. Day bathing with his security <laughs> guard just hanging out. Oh, dude, he's got detail everywhere <laughs> watching him swim nude. It's so fantastic. And Whoopi Goldberg, like, jumps the fence 
or his big like hedge maze yeah, wall or yeah. whatever. And you just see Harris Ewing get out of this fucking pool and his ass is hanging out. And, and what, like, does she, what does she say to him right then and there? She makes fun of his small penis. She says, does that come in adult size? <laughs> Good one, Whoopi. You got a little baby dick. Got it tight. Did you buy that at KB Toys? It looks like it cost a lot. Well, you know, to quote George Costanza, you know, he was in the pool. Good boy. Come on. You know, so so he gets a, a a robot and puts his penis away so they can have an interview, and it's just it's it's weird because you're like okay, like you're setting up Harris Yulin's totally the bad guy in this movie, yeah, yeah, and then after this scene, Harris Yulin doesn't come back into this movie until the last scene. One more scene, yes, one more big sequence. That's it. At least Kevin McTeague in K Nine, like he's the villain from start to finish. You know, he's the guy yeah. high up in society. That, you know, he's pals with the mayor and whatever. And he's like, ah, well, fuck you, Jim Belushi, like through the whole movie. Well, this well, movie, it's like Whoopi meets him and he's like, get out of here. Be quiet. Get out of here, Whoopi. You know, and then he yells <laughs> at Sam Elliott like, who is that? Be quiet. I was a beautiful Italian woman. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's gone for like an hour and 15 minutes until like his well, last scene. Well, there were parts where I was like, is Brad Dourif working for him in some to some capacity but he's not at the end it's made very clear that they're two totally separate enterprises yeah it <laughs> they really kind of get their their wires crossed like writing this movie because yeah you do think like okay brad Dourif's like you know moving in working for this guy but what brad Dourif is actually doing is moving in on harris yulin's entire operation yes where is the scene where harris yulin's like this guy that looks like a serial killer is trying to mooch in on my business, you know. Right? And then and then you know, uh Mike Marchek. Gotta go ch- <laughs> gotta go check Marchek. Rizzoli, would you like to come with me to check this out? <laughs> hey, we're gonna check out an awful lot of things today, Rizzoli. Wanna check out my Marchek? But like where is Brad Dourif seen like facing off with him like, oh yeah, old man, well I'm gonna take your fucking drug business. Well or you like step back, son, Mike Marchek. I run security around here. <laughs> Which by the way, he's terrible at. Oh god, he, <laughs> he never he never does it. <laughs> he's the worst security guard. Like he's the highest paid terrible security guard in all of Beverly Hills. And you're working for a drug lord. You don't think the one thing the drug lord's really going to make sure he's got good is a security chief? Brad Dourif has way better security and he yes. operates his drug operation out of the slums. Yes. See the thing is Sam Elliott's just chasing Whoopi Goldberg the whole time. He's just stalking her. And nothing's getting done. But I don't believe that this is just a first. Like, I kind of feel like whenever there's a pretty lady comes up to the door yeah. for Harris Eulen, he goes all doe-eyed. His, his excuse is, <laughs> my boss told me I have to follow you for a few months. <laughs> what? Because uh, I'm, uh, you know, Mike Marchak, uh, security. Background uh, checks. <laughs> they're really uh, extensive. They're, Say, what they're, are they're you? important. Say, what do you think about this lion mane I'm sporting? The thing is, a mustache and, and the title of security went a long way in the 1980s. I guess it did. <laughs> and that's all you really needed to be able to do is grow a mustache, and you could be someone's chief security officer. Yeah, or just could. say you are one, and people would respect you. Actually, that's also true. Now, how many of you guys, the two of you, uh-huh. <laughs> thought that... Um, it was going to turn out that Sam Elliott was actually some like undercover... FBI agent or something like you're you're gonna blow it, Whoopi. I've been playing the role of Mike Marchak for ten years trying to get <laughs> the, the mustache falls off. 
I totally thought it was going to be a thing where he's working undercover to try to like bust him. You know that makes sense, but I didn't even it didn't even right? occur to me. Like that's how this movie should go. He reveals that, and it's yeah. like okay, we'll work together to take down Harris Eulen. Instead, <laughs> nothing happens with this big drug lord. I actually, for a moment, did kind of think he might have pulled a like. Oh man, my my brother died from drugs that were supplied by Harris Eulen. Oh. I got real close, like a little bit more of a personal touch. Oh, dude, personal vendetta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna drown him in that baby dick in that pool. <laughs> I was gonna drown him, baby dick, first in that that nice swimming hole he's got. You see, Rizzoli, I was I was doing a little more than just chasing your skirt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But that was my major concern. <laughs> it was it was a high priority. So then we have the craziest thing you'll ever see in this movie. She gets a call that her informant is now in the middle of a hostage crisis. Yep. There's, there's, there's another movie going on where this informant girl is having the final destination happen. <laughs> <laughs> she was supposed to be beaten to death in that alley. She totally. cheated it. Now the Reaper's coming after her. Dude. Yeah. Actually, actually, no, that's the, the horror movie that's happening on the other side of this movie. Yeah, it's where called The Reaper Collects. Where... where Fatal Beauty is just hitting, like, everybody, and it's madness in the streets. Oh, yeah. And, like, everybody's bleeding out their mouths and, like, killing each other. (laughs) Chomping down on glass. It's the crazies. It's the crazies. Oh, great movie. Not the remake. You see, Rizzoli, I was actually sent here by God to fight the Reaper. (laughs) Mike Marchek. I'm I'm an angel. Third Mike, class. Mike Marchek, heaven security. That'd be Anybody? Saint Marchek. Yeah. Saint Saint Michael, ring a bell. Saint Michael Marchek. <laughs> they don't they don't add the last name to everybody. So she's like, my buddy's in trouble. Like, let's go see what's going on. And it turns out like she's in the house with some dude who's like taking her hostage. He's on crank or something. Yeah. And She's like, okay, well, you know, let's go see what we can do. As soon as she said this, this huge dude who looks like the WWE's Mark Henry bursts out of this house with, like, a fucking shotgun. Holy shit. And, like, shoots this cop, like, point blank with this shotgun. And they just open fire on this guy. And he's hepped up on Fatal Beauty. And this guy comes running down these back stairs like, I'll kill everybody. He gets shot, like, 14 times. He's RoboCop. Oh, yeah. By the time he gets to the bottom of the stairs, he's been RoboCop. And he's still going. (laughs) He is the energizer buddy of cranked up drug users. Like this guy is just getting shot and shot and shot, and he keeps coming after. Yeah, him and he finally drops. He That's, finally drops. I, it might be because off screen, Mike Marchek was distracting the Reaper. <laughs> he couldn't get there. Come here, you son of a bitch! <laughs> no one's dying in Los Angeles today. <laughs> so. This dude's murdered. She runs inside to see what's going on, and her informant has also OD'd on Fatal Beauty. There's a kid in the house, and I don't know what this kid's deal is. I think this is like a little Dick Whitman situation, you know? (laughs) He's living with this this prostitute house here. Right, right. Oh, oh. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't put that together. That's entirely possible. Uh, He's being raised by a bunch of hookers with a heart of gold? Yeah, and he'll uh, change names eventually and find a job for himself. Then it'll work for Chevy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Whoopi tries to revive this woman, tries to, like, get her in the tub, do CPR or whatever. Mm-hmm. EMT comes in. She's dead. And so it's like, oh, now we're starting to put it together. Like, oh, so there's fatal beauty, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's 
try to get to the bottom of who's slinging this. Yes. I, I read somewhere, I think it was IMDb. I don't know if it was like official or if it was like in the message board area that it's like the movie title Fatal Beauty has several meanings. For instance, no, it doesn't. You could apply it to Whoopi Goldberg because she is a beautiful woman, but she'll also kill people. Someone took the time to write that somewhere. Yeah, someone took the time. Yeah. It's a good intro. If you're going to review, that's a good intro. So we get like the lab report by the guy who like played the Kramer character on Jerry. Yep. Yes. <laughs> the guy who stole the raisins. <laughs> like he comes in. <laughs> He comes in and he's just like, oh, hey, Rizzoli, they're like best friends. Yeah. And he's like, uh, sorry to tell you this, but this is the strongest drug I've ever seen in human history. <laughs> and she's like, oh, a challenge. Okay. <laughs> and like the whole thing is she keeps getting shit on by her superiors because yeah. they're all like, oh, well, these are like, you know, people of the street, creatures of the night, like whatever. We don't care. Oh, like, give me a fucking like, I get it. It's the LAPD. Trust me. I get it. But. Also, like, they're not going to just be like, ah, oh, fuck it, an open case. <laughs> like, oh, she was. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't know, though. I could totally see you being like, what? They're just prostitutes? We have higher priorities. This is Los Angeles. I'm sure some rich white women were dying from this. Possible. It's entirely possible, dude. It's called uh, Tales of the Grim Sleeper. Have you seen that movie? Well, yes. Wait, but... what? There's a documentary coming out called Tales uh, of the Grim Sleeper. The yeah, Grim really Sleeper was a serial killer in L.A. Oh, who shit. killed prostitutes. And the whole thing is like the LAPD kind of just didn't do anything about it. Because they were like, mm. oh, they're just, you know, they're black women. They're prostitutes. Like, forget it. Right. So this, this guy like got away with it for years. And then he like went dormant. And then he resurfaced and got himself caught. And like d the documentary is about this dude. It's thing. fucking terrifying and upsetting. Yeah. It's yeah, coming to HBO, dude. It's, it's going to be great. From Nick Broomfield. So they have a lead. Her partner, by the way, is Ruben Blades. Yep. Who's great. I wish Ruben Blades was in more movies. Man. Oh, he's great in The Counselor. He, like, really puts a nice... Oh, really? Uh, like, and, I still like, have The Cameron seen Diaz it. movie? Yeah, it's great. Really? I, I I I'm a big defender of that. Yes, movie. I what Steve is on the opposite end. Is he's right? uh, he's, he's a wishy washy on it, but I think he doesn't like hmm. it. Yeah, ultimately. there's I'm, it's a mixed bag type of movie, yeah. right? Like a lot of people like it, a lot of people hate it. I really like it, and Rune Blades has a really good like badass like I'm the main like I'm the head of a cartel oh, speech so at the end of it. The counselor has a movie with like a main focused uh, villain in it. Yes. Oh well, that's one thing. Really? This that's movie doesn't. Something. Yeah. <laughs> So they have a lead. It's like, oh, this dude might be slinging this stuff. Richard Gere. Yes, yeah, Slash, he looks like Richard Gere. Which Slash, which he, not, he absolutely does not look like him. Not in the slightest. But and, like Whoopi Goldberg thinks he looks like Richard Gere, and she thinks he's really hot or something. Yes, but then there's the gag where, like, is it Sam Elliott's character doesn't know who Richard Gere is? There is a gag like that. I don't know if it's... Uh, it might. It might be. Uh, I actually think it might be uh, the fat detective, the, the detective, the pig detective. Uh, there's there's a gag in this movie because yeah. it's 1987 where she's like, "Oh, I, I'm gonna go look for this guy." Then yeah. people look out. He looks like Richard Gere, and the person's like, "Who?" <laughs> and it's this total. I mean, it's a total product of his time. You don't time. know who yeah. Richard Gere is? Yeah, it's like you haven't you seen know, Pretty Woman. Richard Gere, handsomest man on earth. Greatest actor the world's ever seen. Like, all this shit. You're just like, oh, 1987. Oh, thank you. Oh. <laughs> but, like, and the guy looks like Joe Piscopo. Yeah, no, he yeah. doesn't look anything like Richard Gere. 
But so now we're back undercover, and it's like yeah. disguise number two. She's playing like innocent girl, like just moved to L.A. to be an actress, and she walks over to him using the same stupid line, like "Are you Richard Gear?" And then he's just like, "Well, I could introduce you to Richard Gear. Why don't you?" Park your little fanny right there. I could also uh, use you and uh, sell you to my friends for a little bit of money. See, that's the subtext of the scene. (laughs) It's so terrible, though, because it's just your classic, like, Like, skis ball. Like, scumbag taking advantage of, like, an aspire, like, Hollywood scumbag. You know what I mean? But at least he's a little upfront about things because eventually he's just like, go back to my place and and have some blow. And she's like, what's blow? And he's like, (laughs) you know. Colombian cocoa dust. Oh, yeah. Lick, I think he calls it. (laughs) Whatever. You're not supposed to call it. Oh, is it Colombian cuckoo dust? Oh, cuckoo dust. That's what it is. Yeah. Colombian cuckoo dust. You know what? And it's it's the same thing, too, with weed, where it's like the person who's obsessed with, like, given weed like a complicated nickname or bragging about, like, the strain of weed. You know what I mean? And you're just like. Just shut up. Like, I don't give a shit about what you're going to call this. And getting, like, super excited to do it, that's another terrible thing. Oh, God. Like, this dude's like, we're going to go back and do coke. <laughs> yes! Well, the, it's, Which it's, I guess you would do if you were already on cocaine yeah, in the first it's, well, place. It's pointedly the selling point. <laughs> hey, hey, man, everybody likes coke. We're going to go do coke. <laughs> yeah. What we're saying is if you're going to do drugs, man, keep it a little casual. Totally. Don't be so fucking obnoxious about it. So whatever, he's like feeling her up and he's like, oh, what's that piece of metal between your legs? Thankfully, there's no penis joke here. I could have sworn this movie was not above a robot penis joke, but they they go beyond that, which is nice. And she's like, oh, that little old thing? Well, it's just a gun because I'm totally a cop. And this guy like... (laughs) This guy, like, starts firing wildly, and now there's just another shootout happening in this restaurant. She shoots him in the butt. Right, like this, right in the right, butt. Just gush right in the butt. And you're like, oh, man, movie. Like, like then, get him in the leg. Has, I know. Then he's got to go meet Lyndon Johnson. That was a Forrest Gump joke. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Far pull. I mean, at, after I figured it out. It's great. No, yeah, it's, it's the scenic route. <laughs> So she, like, strings this guy. She's like, oh, you got shot in the ass, huh? Hey, kitchen staff at this restaurant, string this guy up in your refrigerator. They just do it. Yeah, she's like, she's like, don't worry about it. I'm a police officer. Actually, can you make that a Windsor knot? Okay, thank you. And it's, like, in the meat locker. like Or, like, the freezer. The walk-in fridge. Yeah. 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 And she's, like, threatening this dude and, like, yeah, I'm going to leave like, you in there. Am I... I watch this late at night. Sure. So if I'm misremembering something, uh-huh. does she touch his dick or something? Because she does she, a dick. Uh, this is the next. She I'm going to shoot it a little bit. Yeah. She? She's like, oh, look at that little dick. She's obsessed with telling people they got little dicks. Oh, yeah, dude. It's great. And then she's like, again, she's like, I'm going to shoot your cock off. Yeah. If you don't tell me, you know, what the deal is with dude, Brad Dourif. Or that you, is the- fucked up, man. <laughs> that is like ISIS. Dude, she gets results. Yeah. Rizzoli. She gets results with or without Isles. <laughs> What's that about, by the way? Why did we? we Rizzoli and Isles is a new show, right? No, Ish. is that it's was that a remake a... of a of an earlier show? No, 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 no. you're just uh, thinking of Cagney and Lacey, right? So it this is, is the same is... thing, but with new names, and the the name just happens to be exactly from this movie. Well, yes. I think also one of them is a detective, and the other one is like a medical examiner or something. Yes. Isn't that right? So they're oh, not both cops. It's like bones and badges. <laughs> 
Yes. Know? Which was the original title of Bones. It was Bones and Badges, and they just decided to but cut it, off. But that's actually a, a highly lewd act in the UK, and they didn't want to disturb <laughs> the market, so they were like, you know what? Bones and Badges could also be like a like a Yale secret society. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Welcome Speak- to Bones and Badges. Speaking you- of little dicks. <laughs> You you couldn't make it into skull and bones, so here you are at Plan B: bones and badges. It's kind of the same thing, but we don't have as great funding, and we're not as secret. So they, wait, wait. So some of the bones from Skull and Bones can hang out, but yeah. like the skulls like, do not. You, the skulls like, wouldn't like, well, never. If you, pla- if you pledge Skull and Bones, you get ranked a skull. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't go anywhere. You don't and, have well, to associate with badges. A, you never have to worry about money, but B, you never have to fucking deal with those badges. Oh, God. Wait a second. Are Skull and Bones broken up into Skulls and Bones? I don't think so, but oh, okay. I think it would be a good idea I think idea it would probably were. be good, because I do think the Bones would hang out with the other Bones of Bones and Badges. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got Bones go together. I, I do think that, yeah. I think or, it would work. Or is Bones and Badges like a fraternal cop organization? Oh, like, that could be too, yeah. Like for the, you know, they pay for funerals or something. Or it's like a secret society, like the Stonecutters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> this dude finally gives up the information because he doesn't want his dick shot off. Like, she's smart. It totally works. Yeah. You're right. Just you know? violating every law there ever was. She's a hard-nosed detective, dude. It's yeah, the 1980s. Yeah. Get, get used to it. Torture is totally accepted. It's true. For don't forget where you are, dude. Nineteen seven eighty seven movie world. No, no. Don't forget where you are, United States. Period. <laughs> underline Man, we're, the end. I think we're post cruising, so the cops can do anything at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think we are post cruising. Eighty seven. Yeah, we're post cruising for sure. But yeah, the cops do anything they like. Hey, Sam Elliott, hips or lips? Right. Well, depends hips. upon what, what part of that main. <laughs> Definitely you want hips. <laughs> I'm going to go with hips on this one. <laughs> so the dude gives up the address to Brad Durf's, like, slum compound. And it's like, this guy knows security. Like, hey, Sam Elliott, why don't you start taking notes at this abandoned apartment complex? Uh, let's see here. The drug money goes to the... You know, you got beautiful eyes, Jolie. <laughs> got Italian eyes. But I don't want to lose this thread because when... She's doing this, you know. She tells Sam Elliott that she's got a date and yeah. to like back off, but he's still following her. And like before she goes to this restaurant to meet this guy, she sees this dress in uh, the oh, window. Oh man, God. this is so dumb, <laughs> right? And she's like, "How much is it?" And the wait- uh, the waitress, the woman, in- <laughs> the woman in the, the store- clothes waitress, the, wait- <laughs> the clothes waitress comes up to take her order, her clothes order, and she's like, "I'll start with this dress." And how much is it? And she says five. She holds up five. And Whoopi's like, 500? And she's like, no, 5,000. And you're like, okay. For some reason, this movie is telling me that this dress costs $5,000. Yeah. All right. And apparently, you wanted to just tack three minutes onto your fucking runtime for no reason. We're already at an right. hour and 46 minutes. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So, so Mike Marchek. By the way, after he, she shoots out his tire to stop him from following her. Oh, that's oh, right. But Mike Marchek always finds a way, you know? He just so, starts walking like T-1000. Yeah, he won't <laughs> give up. He, and he's wearing sunglasses at night during this whole part. What the hell is that about? Uh, what the hell is that about? It's being the coolest goddamn person I've ever seen it's, in a movie. It's because and, of his angel eyes. And I must, <laughs> I, I re, we really do need to stress 
just like how much this main is working for him. Oh, it's so look, good. I'm this picturing is... it right now. No, honestly, look, folks at home, go to our Facebook page and look at this pictures of this main. You no. have to look at it. It's the most gorgeous head of hair I've ever seen. He survives this. This man tucks in all the t-shirts. <laughs> mm-hmm. He survive. He, he tucks he, in a t-shirt and he's still sexually attractive. Oh my god, he pulls it off so good. It's so ba- it, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He, the man's just so goddamn handsome. So he buys that dress and it's just like I'm going to give that to my Italian lady a little later. <laughs> I just have five thousand dollars lying around. Yeah. By the way, what was that like? Well, you work with don't... inflation. What is that like? Sixty-eight thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's right for it's... this piece of shit. <laughs> Well, we don't know much about late 80s fashion. That I could guess have been that's like a totally true. great I mean, dress. Maybe it is, but... I don't know, but the point is he buys this for a person that he's not in any way related to. They're not dating. They're nothing. He's kind of just following her through this whole movie. Yeah. Being like, hey, uh, wh- whoopee, you know I'm head of security? You, you need any assistance in your legitimate police investigation? Uh, hey, Rizzoli, uh... Would it be weird if I asked to uh, hold your hand just for uh, <laughs> five minutes? It's a standard head of security <laughs> procedure. Um, I, I, I might stare in your eyes as well, but uh, <laughs> God, I just would love to hold your hand. Mr. Kroll said I should get a feel for you. <laughs> I take everything Mr. Kroll says very literally. <laughs> this is your lifeline. Ye- yesterday. And it's very long. <laughs> yesterday he told me to piss up a tree. What did I do? I dropped my drawers and I pissed in the air. I dropped my drawers and said, how far up do you need me to go, Mr. Kroll? Call that the limbo shot. (laughs) So she, like, undercovers her way in there under the pretense of, like, she's looking to score some coke. And she goes in there. Some dude, like... this is the slum city now. The slum area. Mm -hmm. This looks like fucking children of men. This looks like... (laughs) The apocalypse it's, is happening. It's like the and this later is the black market. The, like town. the later death wishes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the atomic zone they live in. in those dude, yeah, movies. It's, dude, it's the, you're totally <laughs> right. It's the exact same thing. I think that's Death Wish too. Two or three, or like, or like RoboCop two or three. Yeah, I mean, it's like all dystopian nightmare. It's so yeah. you're just like. What's going on? And it's kind of like Children of the Corn. There's like little children, like kind of running oh, yeah. parts of it. There, there's 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 men casually walking with machine guns, smoking a cigarette, like going through the market, like it's no big deal. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's and like she, a whole town. <laughs> and she waltzes right in, like I'm looking to score some Fatal Beauty, please. And they're like, Oh, right this way, up to our customer service floor. Oh man, you know what they did? They made Amsterdam. <laughs> Dude, it's totally <laughs> Hamsterdam. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. Hamsterdam from the wire. And it's working. Yeah, it's working fine. <laughs> They're all there. It's working. Brad Durf is just doing nice and fine. Dude, do you think the character of Bunny Colvin was a fan of the film Fatal Beauty? He probably had to watch it just to get prepared. That's where he got the idea for Hamsterdam, possibly. That's po- I, I think so. He's sitting at home like, man, the streets of Baltimore are horrible. You know what's great is because I haven't seen The Wire. I'm just thinking about hamsters getting high now. <laughs> um. So anyways... She goes in. Some dude, like a child, is like, I know that woman to be an undercover police officer. <laughs> so he goes and gets, like, the big guns, Brad Dourif and the glass-eating guy. Yeah. And they, like, go down to, like, take her out or whatever. She, like, corners this. 
guy who's working as like the drug rings accountant. Yeah. Like he's doing all the books. Counting the money. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, where's all these drugs coming from? This, that, and the other thing. Like trying to get him to admit like that Kroll's involved. Um, and then there's just this intense shootout. And Sam Elliott like rolls in and they're just like blasting people left and right. And this scene and like the the accountant gets murdered. A lot of people get murdered. Like yep. Brad Dourif is doing most of the murdering. Frankenstein's kind of getting a in lot on the of action. It, yeah. The like the end of the shootout is like, all right, like they got away. Let's get out of here, or whatever. And a ceiling falls on Whoopi Goldberg's <laughs> face, and it's it's intense, man, because you see this stunt double for Whoopi, right? She just like looks up, and you can see this prop ceiling fall on this woman's face first of two humongous things that fall on her that she survives <laughs> you're totally right dude wait are we are we counting mike marchek mike marchek's mustache right <laughs> on them lips no she pulled him snugly atop her so <laughs> so she's like briefly in the hospital and it's like well we've been two minutes without some insane shootout better have another one brad duraf rolls up like he calls the uh, like police department pretending to be a priest or something and finds out what <laughs> like what hospital she was taken to. Great police work. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he rolls up with like a fake gift box and there's a gun inside it like he's a 1920s yeah. gangster. Or like the Joker. Like- yeah, that's, it's a Joker move. <laughs> it's a big time Joker move. Like he's trying to break into this hospital to murder uh, Don Corleone, you know, <laughs> late at night. And so he starts firing at Sam Elliott. He gets, uh, you think he gets shot and it's so hilarious. Or no, this is Reuben Blades. Reuben Blades, Blades is also at the hospital. And he recognizes Brad Dourif when the elevator door is Yeah, open. it's Reuben Blades that get, at, because Sam Elliott's with right, Jolie, right. I think, still. And, and it's so hilarious because Dourif gets like, he cracks the gun or whatever. And I think he gets a shot off. And Reuben Blades falls down and you're like, oh shit. You know, the partner got shot. And Sam Elliott comes up like, hey, you okay, buddy? And he's like, yeah, I just twisted my ankle. Like, what are you doing? How about a little professionalism? Stand on your own two feet, dummy. It just makes me like, imagine if that was like really it, though. Like he's he's actually trying to shoot Brad Dourif and he just twists his ankle real hard. And he's like, (sighs) I mean, you know, there's a couple of times where this movie totally takes a nosedive into like no pace whatsoever plateau land so yeah why not have a whole scene where he's like grabbing his ankle or something it would it would add some much needed realism you know yeah <laughs> like, I, I, just a pinch that's yeah. all i need just a little pinch now is this around time where james will gross his entire like circle of friends get dies that's exactly what it is because they go back to Whoopi's house and james Legros is sleeping on the couch oh yes yeah. and sam elliott's like look out i'm gonna shoot this punk kid right in the head <laughs> <laughs> and she's like no no no, no. this is a child is this that your I know. boyfriend <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> is this before or after they sleep with each other by the way uh i think before it's before still? okay so i i'm i i, I Spoiled well, a little bit. Yeah, well, speaking of which, should we say what happened? Uh, what was cut from the film? No, well, we'll say it when we get to okay. it. We're not there yet. All right, stay, so, stay tuned for a cutting. So he's like, oh, Whoopi Goldberg, I didn't know what else to do. You're finally home. I was at this party, and I had a bunch of that cocaine with me, and everybody wanted to do the coke, but I wanted to go swimming first. <laughs> so I went swimming while everyone else did this coke, and when I came back, 
they were like this. And like he takes them to the house and it's just a room full of like 10 dead kids. Like yeah. they died mid party, like all at the same time. Like it's like the cold open of an X-Files episode. Like you open this door and there's just kids like holding glasses with like beers in it or well, something. Just it, all dead and frozen. It's also like a really bad fucking after school special. Like they only <laughs> wanted to party. And- yeah. <laughs> And you can tell it drives it home because, like, Sam Elliott looks like he's like, wait, white people are starting to die from this? <laughs> oh, no. Rizzoli, us white people, like Italians like us, are start, <laughs> starting to die from this? Full-blooded Italians like us. But she gets really pissed at him around this time, too, because he works for Mr. Drugzar. Right, and he refuses to believe that Harris Yulin... It could be wrapped whole, up in this. Right, but Which, scheme. again, if you are the head of security, you know the score. He, he or knows. you should if you're a good head well, of security. She starts yelling at him how he let it slide. Well, he let things slide. Also, and... if you're working for some guy and the guy wants you all to see his dick when he goes out and fucking does his morning laps... <laughs> You might start thinking there's something off about this guy. He has a little bit of an ego issue. Maybe, but that's you know not going to immediately take you to being a drug dealer. But I would start looking around because that shit's weird. Actually, yeah, no, it would. For me. <laughs> Rule number one. What an odd leap to make. <laughs> so it brings us to the most hilarious scene in this oh, movie. Oh, it's so good. Because <laughs> she's like, okay, James LaGrosse. Where did you get this coke from? And he's like, "Oh, you know, my mom." <laughs> so she's like, "All right, well, I'm going to go talk to your mom about all this. Be right back." And she goes, and this woman is like just finishing up a game of doubles tennis. She's having this big party, you know, she's a big LA so and so. And Whoopi just walks in and she's like, "Listen, I've got some bad news about your son." And this woman is very cold, you know, just like, I don't oh. give a fuck about him. I gave him his chances. Right off the bat, um, actually, the caterers come out through back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, she totally thinks Whoopi's working for the catering company. Yeah. She, it's the freaking badge is right there. She's got a Don Johnson jacket on. Oh, and yeah. And she's got a huge badge <laughs> hanging off it. She knows exactly who this is. Oh, were you in Badges and Bones in college, too? Okay, well, the catering <laughs> truck is around back. And Whoopi's like, hey, listen, stop for a second. Like, your son's in serious trouble. Like, he said that he gave, he got this Coke from you. These kids are dead. Like, you know. And she's just like, well, whatever. Yeah, she totally doesn't give a shit. And Whoopi's getting pissed. And she's like, all I need to do is find out where you got it from. I'm trying to chase the chain of command, you know, of this Coke and everything. It's killing people. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And this woman punches Whoopi Goldberg in the face, like, out of nowhere. <laughs> and you're just like, holy shit. Like, you just punched a police detective, lady. Like, this is going to end badly for you. Yes. And then it gets even better because Whoopi punches her in the face. And then, like, kicks her in the crotch or something. Like, it they start happen. this fight. It's and, like they yeah. live. They, it, they go for it. Yeah, and then Mike Marchek's hanging back going, two ladies fighting. I don't Mike can get used to this. Hey, Mike Marchak's going to give him a minute or two. I think that's what's going to happen. Let kitties play. It's what it says right here on my bicep. And Whoopi <laughs> punches this woman through a plate glass window. Oh, yeah. And it's so awesome because it's like this snooty garden party, and you just see like this totally like shaded window, and this woman explodes out of it. Yeah. 
And you're like, holy fuck, she's dead. But yeah. then she just gets right back up like they live. And this- again, exactly like Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. <laughs> it's to- like, we're going for the carbon copy here. So they're having this fight. And then Sam Elliott comes over like, what are you doing? This is looking bad for business. If Mike Marchak was a legitimate police officer, he wouldn't be acting like this. And she's like, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. And while Sam Elliott is holding Whoopi back, this woman gets another sucker punch in. Yeah, it's like he's helping her. <laughs> I was it's like, like what? I'll hold her down for you. <laughs> and then Whoopi like, gets the final blow and knocks this woman into the pool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's totally humiliating. And, and the piranhas get her. <laughs> God, that would be great. Like, oh no, it looks like you punched her into the piranha tank. No, no, no. Ving Rames, don't go in there. <laughs> And so he, like, they just leave, and this is, like, they go back to her apartment or whatever, and he's like, why are you so pissed off about, like, something set you off? Like, you're now you're not throwing out fun one-liners, you're, like, beating the shit out of people. And then the movie completely stops dead, and she gives this whole story about how she used to be addicted to drugs. While she was addicted to drugs, she got pregnant, she Mm -hmm. had this child... This, that, and the other thing. How the and hell then, did you become a cop in this? After this, <laughs> well, this, you know, these these people make the best cops, man. Like you have street connections, you know oh, what's going on. You know what I've heard that there's a thin line between cop and criminal. It's true. <laughs> it's something they they've say. made most movies about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know so those, uh, you know that genre, a uh, cop movie. Yeah, like that, like sub action genre. Like <laughs> every one of those movies is about that. That thin line that you're talking about? I've, I'm, I'm just saying I've noticed. <laughs> hey, uh, excuse me, movies? I've noticed. I just little little uh, redundancies here. <laughs> Eric Siska, the last movie detective you would ever call. <laughs> oh, man. How far has Eric movie fallen? <laughs> well, he doesn't like working with cliche. Well, but this, right. this, man, this man is just priming him for his comeback. Yeah, the big case that brings right. him back. It's like the wrestler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But with cops, and you don't, you know. <laughs> That's my movie pitch. <laughs> so oh, then, damn. also somewhere in the sob story, there's something about like she went out to get uh like like score some drugs or something, yeah. and her kid died. But she came back, and I think the kid might have like snorted the drugs or done the drugs oh yes that's exactly what it is i think is she leaves drugs out to like go get other drugs or something and her kid does drugs and like kills himself so like that's like you're sitting there like where are all those one-liners that i was having such a good time with where's brad duriff being a psychopath sam elliott's mane is even looking a little flat in this scene like just the air is getting sucked out of this movie and you're like hey beverly hills cop didn't have this scene and you know what sick boy was never the same again (laughs) (laughs) just something left him man it's just so out of nowhere i could have used like a flashback or something with with a baby dead baby crawling on the ceiling yeah oh yeah of course A little under, of course, a little underworld score, just for everybody, just yeah. to keep the thing moving, and then maybe something, maybe transition into something light like Forrest Gump. Which, by the way, I don't want to over over uh, harp, harp on this, but uh, 
they also the entire score is exactly like the Beverly Hills Cop. Like they use certain pieces of it. Is it this? Exactly. It's the same composer, I think. Is it? I think it because might be. it sounds almost identical. Oh, we should get the internet ticker back up on that. I'm one. almost positive because like there towards the end specifically, there's two pieces that are like I'm not getting you two notes different from songs in the Beverly Hills Cop score. Da, 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 da. Yeah, <laughs> you're like how that what like what a crazy turn this movie yeah. just took like it's so depressing i sure hope there aren't any more left turns and then they're like you know what would be good right now a sex scene and like they just start making out and you're like what and it just cuts to the next day yeah same composer yeah uh-huh. nice Cash what's the fellow's name harold flattermeyer there you go Cash that explains in. it so eric this is where you were saying that there was an actual love scene cut out of the movie Apparently, yeah, they you know they say it's a love scene on the internet, but you know what that means? That means a sex scene. Which you have to believe this is like some shit ass racist. Well, like oh, nobody wants to see that. Yeah, that's probably where, where the idea was to cut it out, or maybe test audiences were like, oh, oh, I can't terrible. believe this. Well, here's here's terrible my question people. though: is this, it says love scene or does it say sex scene? It says love scene, but you know, okay. you know that means shirtless Sam Elliott, and we've been deprived of it now. Well, sure. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I'm just as incensed as you. I need to see them but nips. Don't get him wrong, everybody. I gotta see them nips. But when somebody says love scene, I almost immediately think that the thing has to look like the sex scenes in the room. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, Why? like super soft really? lighting, like love scene oh like you mean softcore pornography because yes, that's how all the sex scenes yes, in the room borderline softcore pornography well that's the same thing like atonement that's kind of the same as the room <laughs> in terms of love scenes yeah, it's and, true a love scene from the duchess <laughs> yeah you know it's just like the room right <laughs> yes those movies are on the same level similar right? yes at least seen certain scenes when's that guy gonna wash up on the bed of a river somewhere huh uh Five years. <laughs> oh yeah, you're getting the Tommy Wiseau death clock out. Oh man, he would be a good. I think he'd be a good bet in the death pool, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's not a bad one. He would be the wild card, dude, because that's right. like at any time. But yeah, that's that's the thing is that you could pull that out of your pocket anytime you like until you know it obviously happens. Well, then but, you'd feel terrible, but yeah. honestly, you'd be like, I I know. Yeah, I mean, it was makes sense to me. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, balloons—they take a while to hit the ground, but eventually. <laughs> Uh, he gave us one classic film, though. Yeah. He sure did. <laughs> he only directed one film, just like the great Charles Lawton. Yes. <laughs> just directed one great film. Tommy Wiseau in the same category as Charles Lawton. The Knight of the Room. <laughs> Is he gonna be he's gonna be doing something else now, right? He's, he's got some like TV? piece of shit web series or something that they oh, like man. premiered part of or man, some nonsense. The day that that premieres, Williamsburg is their like bandwidth is gonna be nothing. Dude, they played a sneak preview of it downtown like six months ago, and of course it was sold Packed. out. Packed. Yeah. Packed house. <laughs> Packed. Packed, giving this guy money. <laughs> Packed. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah. Give that guy money. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, oh wait, there's moths in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, that's that's our life. Eric Siska, an impoverished cartoon character. <laughs> I, I am. He goes to take the, the bus and he opens his wallet and the cartoon moth flies. He's out. named the moth Charlie the moth. <laughs> that's happened. Who lives in my wallet? Charlie got out. <laughs> so they wake up. The next morning, and she's in the shower, and Mike Marchak has taken off, I believe. Yes. And 
this, like he sneaks back in with food or something. Anyway, this is where she gets a phone call that Fatal Beauty has now taken the lives of grade school children. Yeah. And here's another five-minute scene. First of all, grade school children, if you're listening, don't start doing blow. Yeah, don't do... I mean, I don't even know... Like, she says it's an eight-year-old, like a 10-year-old, and a 12-year-old, I think. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. She gets this information before the sex scene, because this is what... (laughs) That's what puts her in the mood? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, this is what launches her into that the the big story about her past because oh, right. it reminds her of her child who yeah, also and died. And the whole thing takes forever. It's like fifteen minutes. Um, but yeah, she <laughs> there's three kids. It's eight, ten, and twelve, I think, and they they're all dead. I don't. If I was an eight year old and they were like, uh, "Here's drugs," I don't know if I'd know what to do with it. I don't. I mean, you know, you don't know what kids know. Oh, with nowadays see. with the no, internet? Nowadays, but this is 1987. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 1987 days? Well, well it's a lot harder to figure out. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they ate it. They don't, I mean, I, they don't, I don't exactly know, say, like, <laughs> to defend this movie, yeah. they didn't say that they rolled up a $50 bill and snorted it off a mirror. They just say yeah. that somehow the kids got into the drugs and the, killed we're, themselves. We're not talking about an eight, eight-year-old in like a white-collared shirt I would, cutting up lines like a, on a, a mirror. mirror. just has a mirror in his pocket. Look, Chris, I know how much you want this, but it is not an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old reenacting the, 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 the motoring scene from Boogie Nights, dancing around. With a dude snapping things. Dude, they should totally do this where, like, these babies are coked out and stuff. It would be, like, Baby Genius's sequel, like, after, like, we, you know, we're in the slump period Honestly. now. So then it's just, like, we have to get these guys. And there's a fu- the final stakeout, which, like, there's a parade going on. I, I don't I don't this know. This is so much bullshit going on. The movie starts to drag some serious ass. Yeah, well, it's ever since she got the news that those kids got killed, it's just, it's just been going halt. downhill. It was yeah. hitting the brakes. Backstories, sob stories, useless sex scenes, the whole thing. So now she's just like following all of these guys around. Like she knows who the dealers are and blah blah blah. So she's like following all these people. And whatever, man. It just leads out to a big shootout in a sporting goods store or something. Well, that's my problem with this movie in general is that the this whole sequence is the last sequence of the movie. And it goes on for like 20 minutes, this whole whole thing from her following Marchek to this place and then doing the whole thing. And a lot of that is this entire movie. This entire movie are like huge scenes going on forever in yeah. the same area. I think there's like five scenes in this and, movie. And it's really <laughs> monotonous and like it gets boring real quick and that's why this when even when it's a big shootout it's it's not that good. I'm sorry that the uh action shootout at the end of this picture didn't uh, live up to your standards. Mike Marchak usually tries to do better as a head of security, head of shootout security. Uh unless there's a fine young woman. <laughs> <laughs> in my eyeline, Mike, then I might not yeah. be as good as you uh, you want. <laughs> he is kind of useless in this movie. He's right? completely useless. He's, he's talk- just like I'm the head of security. I, I check the clipboard. Are you on the list? It's <laughs> kind of awesome because he's almost literally eye candy. Oh he, yeah, oh, it's great. It's kind of you know really cool, and it fucking pays off because yeah. my eyes were getting fucking a sugar high. Yeah, <laughs> looking at this hunk. Oh no, it's a pixie stick. This oh, yeah. mane of hair is just out of control. You know, it's, I just I had no idea that back in 1987 because I hadn't seen this movie before we recorded. You know, before we were going to do this episode, uh, right? And be still my heart. Oh, <laughs> I, I might believe it. I might almost give you another heart attack here 
There's a movie where he has almost this exact same look mm. called Lifeguard, where he plays a lifeguard. <laughs> is this a stay tuned it's, situation? It might very well be. It's a bit of a, a, a love story. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. So oh. it's uh, so prepare yourselves. But That's uh, pretty great. But the main is in full effect. Oh, uh, the main's nice. And, and he's a lifeguard, so you know it gets wet. All shirtless. <laughs> Nothing but shirtless scenes. Just does he have the? He's got the mustache, right? Tell oh yeah, the, oh, the, the, yes, God. it's all the mustache. I don't appreciate like nowadays Sam Elliott where he is indeed mustacheless. I don't like it. I you know on Parks and Rec, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that character is great. It's really oh, funny. I love it. They brought him back in this final season for a little scene with Ron Swanson, and it's like amazing. But oh man, just without that mustache, it's like what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like the la- the the image, you know. You I know, think it was to God forbid the day that Sam Elliott goes. I yeah. think, I the, think... the last image I'm going to have of him is Big Lebowski. Oh yeah, right, of course. Yeah. But I feel like this mustacheless is just to make him look more haunting and scary for Justified. Yes, because he looks like a scarecrow that came to life. Wait yes. a second. <laughs> Wait a second. I'm sorry. Yes. I haven't started that final yeah. season yet. Sam Elliott's yes, on Justified. Is. Yeah, he's like the main villain. Yeah. So. Once you All right, let's back. wrap this up so I can get <laughs> off justified. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Good for him. All right, so the shootout's happening. Everybody gets blown away, right? Like, you think Brad Dourif's dead. He pops up and shoots Sam Elliott. Not fatally, thankfully. No, in the stomach, I He think. just goes down. And then it's like oh, another... Marchek down. <laughs> we got a Marchek down. That's a head of securities down. Has anyone found... Uh, Mr. Kroll. Oh, by the way, yeah. Um, <laughs> he pops back in. Harris Yulin pops back in at the start of this whole scene mm-hmm. and is instantly murdered by Brad Dourif. Like, yeah. I don't even think he gets two words in. Like, Whoopi's like, all right, you're coming with me. I'm going to arrest you, Kroll. And then Brad Dourif's like, not so fast, well, th- cop. That's at the end. Harris Yulin does start the whole scene giving uh, Marchek some lip because he has been <laughs> not doing his job at all. He hasn't shown. First of all, Mark Chuck, you haven't showed up to work in weeks. Fucking five days. Hey, Mark Chuck, remind me why I'm paying you $375,000 a year to be my head of security. He touches his mustache uh, and he's like, lip service? (laughs) You want a good yes man. You always said that uh, my hair did it for you. (laughs) So uh, I figured that was worth a pretty penny. Me and my team put up with your nonsense skinny dipping. That's why I'm here. But, you know, if you want, you could just start to pay me in uh, Sioux City sarsaparilla. (laughs) And, you know, a pair of Bahama Mama shorts, not that expensive. (laughs) It gets hot on the job. So Brad Dourif, like, runs into this parking garage or whatever, and Whoopi goes after him and, like, puts two in his back or yeah. something. He falls down. He gets back up again, and, you know, Whoopi shoots him again. And, like, he's just getting, like, oh, yeah. oh but he keeps walking. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, oh, he man. did the fatal beauty like that dude. And then it's just like, no, bulletproof vest. But that's what doesn't make any sense is he's been doing this fucking fatal beauty. He's been doing it the whole movie. And, like, it's not like, <laughs> yeah. It, he and it doesn't affect him at all. Like, because what he's got what, a good resistance built up. Maybe. I mean, I guess, but like, it's not even like he goes crazy. He's of sound mind the entire fucking time. Sound well, what, mind. Well, as far as evil fucks go, yeah. As as sound of mind as Brad Dourif characters ever get. Yeah. But fake Kramer, the the medical examiner, yeah. states like, the second you take this, like you go insane and then you die. And it's not like if you're in Mensa, it doesn't work on you. 
or something like that. Like there's there's poison in it. Yeah. And it's killing people instantly. And he's it killed his that shit twenty four seven. It killed that whole after school special. Maybe the Reaper is given is like tied up or He's in league with the devil somehow. I mean, I feel like Marchek is kind of sleeping on both jobs. Yeah. Because he's not really doing the Reaper stuff at all. Reaper is racking up numbers in this movie. Yeah. And then, like, he's, he's not got that whole party. He, he, he's killing left and right. He's really having a field day You're of right. it. And then, like, Reaper loves killing. On the other side of it, he's not. Harris Yulin could have been shot 75,000 times. And then he does get shot. And then finally he does get shot because Marchek's not doing his job. And then Sam Elliott just sees what's going on. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, everybody. That one's on me. Dead Harris Yulin over there is on me. And then he shoots himself in the gut and says, oh, I got to go to the hospital. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm calling out sick for the rest of this movie. I got shot. Sorry. Still get a, a purple movie heart, though, right? Uh, it actually states in my contract with Mr. Yulin that uh, if I'm shot on the job, <laughs> million bucks. <laughs> Mike Marchek, ultimate insurance scammer. That would be great if he was totally bogus. Call yeah. it the Marchek ultimatum. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be a good novel. <laughs> the Marchek ultimatum? Yeah. yeah, totally, dude. Someone write a shitty spy novel. <laughs> They programmed me to be the head of security. <laughs> Turns out they didn't do too good of a job programming me. <laughs> I'm okay, I guess. So then it's it's kind of an awesome exchange at the end here because Durf rips his shirt open to reveal the bulletproof vest and he's like, Kevlar, bitch. Yeah. And then she pulls out a gun and shoots him in the head and she's just like, <laughs> Smith and Wesson, bitch. And you're like, fuck. Yeah, yeah whoopee. That's, that's awesome. Why doesn't she do that on The View? <laughs> that would be something. Yeah, whoopee won. Of course whoopee she always won. wins. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's not be silly. The, the woman's egotted already. She's great. I she's, love whoopee, She's man. the queen mm-hmm. of it all. Um. So then it's so, man, the end of this movie, right? So like... Of course, Marchek's not dead. He's going to be totally fine. Oh, no. Yeah, he'll, he'll live the romance another day. And, and it's crazy because she's just, he's like, oh, I don't know. It's going to take me long to recover. I don't know if I'm going to be okay. And she looks down and, like, plants a big wet one on him. And she's just like, mm. you're going to be just fine. And, like, dumps him in the ambulance. And then she pulls off in her super cool pink Cadillac. End of movie. End yeah. of any potential Rizzoli franchise options Instant also. credits. Yeah, totally. It's like the movie dragged so much ass to get there, mm-hmm. and then it just ended too fast on yeah. that. No, and you know, honestly, how do you miss this opportunity? This final scene in the mall stakeout, this is where he finally reveals. He's like, look, I'm undercover. Yeah. I've been working this case for five years or whatever. My name's not even Mike Marchak. It's Mike Harchak. <laughs> Instead, he's like, look... I'm uh let me be honest, I'm unemployed now. Yeah. Uh, uh that man that you just murdered uh murdered my boss, so I'm, I'm unemployed. I, I, I got like probably a month on the lease at least, but uh <laughs> I should also mention that Mike Marchek has approximately zero savings. Uh, but Marchek has quite more than zero debt. I think uh <laughs> Mike Marchek's gonna need to move in with you for a little while. And uh, Rizzoli, why don't you pick up some Coors Banquet beers (laughs) on your way home? Turns out Mike Marchak loves gambling. (laughs) 
Turns out Mike Marchek ain't no good at gambling. <laughs> Mike Marchek is not responsible. <laughs> she just shoots him in the head and drives away. <laughs> I can't deal with this. I'm sorry. Goodbye. Do you think if this movie had been like way more successful than it was and it got like franchised, yeah. the third movie would have been Whoopi Goldberg running around a fake amusement park? I would hope so. Like that piece of shit third Beverly Hills Cop movie. Well, I thought I would think and it'd George be like Lucas more... would show up. Well, no, I would <laughs> think it'd be more like Lethal Weapon Four, where she finds out that Marchek's pregnant. Marchek, the man, is <laughs> pregnant. That's <laughs> like Junior, then. Junior. Yeah, that's not Lethal Weapon Four. That's uh, Junior with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I don't know. This movie, it's not exactly a sequel setup, but it's totally like a... You could do something with well, this. Well, it's because it's totally a remember this pink Cadillac, yeah. everybody. Because yeah. the teaser trailer for the second movie is definitely just going to well, be no- close up on a pink Cadillac. And then we like we like pan up a little bit and it's Whoopi putting the sunglasses down. But you can't do that because people are going to think it's a sequel to Pink Cadillac. With the Clint, <laughs> the Clint Eastwood movie? Yeah. yeah that's possible. That's, uh... Not uh, a great one. Yeah. Well, not a great one. You would yeah. also have to change the title of your franchise unless the movie was actually about, oh, no, now someone else is selling Fatal Beauty. Like, it wouldn't be able right. to be a Fatal complete... So, instead... No. She's also a Fatal Beauty because she's a pretty lady that kills people. No one is fucking thinking about that for the title of this movie, well, Internet if, Idiot. If you want to make a sequel, just go with that. Well, I mean, you can also, <laughs> like, get, like, just another, like, Fatal... Like, Elegant Shit. Or, like... <laughs> Chris Cavan's Elegant Shit. You should have directed it. Or, uh... Pineapple Express. Yeah, it's like oh, or they could call it. Oh, how about this? The movie is called Fatal Snooty, right? Mm. And she has to go undercover <gasps> at some country club. Yes. Snooty? No, Snooty, not oh, Snooky. Well, I'm saying, but for okay, no, because th- presumably this movie would be made like a year or so later. So it would be 1989, and Snooky was fucking. Oh, I thought we were old. going for a 2016 relaunch. No, oh. I'm no, no, not no. relaunching this movie <laughs> in 2016. <laughs> what he's talking about is is, is 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 putting these characters into another fantastical situation, such okay. as like a Caddyshack. Oh, <laughs> by Bushwood. Yes, exactly. She has to go to a Bushwood type place undercover. Her and Mike Marchak play like a couple who's gonna like get. You know, they're being considered for membership for this club, and right? They, they have to kill Jackie Mason. Yeah. Because <laughs> he bought Bushwood. <laughs> you? <laughs> then they're going to turn it into a mini golf course. Yeah. And then Marchek's like, going to be putting on the... He's like, I could get used to this, Rizzoli. This has got some <laughs> primo... I just, I just putted my ball right into that funny-looking dog. <laughs> that, giant, that giant dog statue. You know what? Dog's tail wagged when I did it. Dude, I would love to go mini golfing with Sam Elliott. Oh, God. That'd be incredible. Because you know what he's saying at least three times is, you know, this is a lot more fun than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, also, you're going to probably hear at least one hole in one. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're goddamn right I am. Oh, man. Would anybody recommend Fatal Beauty? I would uh, see the thing is I was watching this and like the first 35, 40 minutes, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to recommend Fatal Beauty. And then the last hour. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I was like, oh, no, I'm not. It just it drags too much. 
I mean, the the start is is you're off to the races, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like a seeing is believing, especially just for the uh, profanity alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the language in this movie, right? Yeah, but yeah, no. Uh, it's a very mild recommend. Uh, it, it is to me a seeing is believing because Whoopi Goldberg did a lot of like really stupid movies in this time. Jumpy Jack Flash, which That's is a really one. stupid. That's Burglar a bad one. is really stupid. Um, she went right into the '90s with making stupid movies, though. Because and then Eddie's a really stupid movie. Eddie and the, assist, the associate or the assistant—I forget what the it's associate. Theodore Rex is incredibly stupid. Ghost is a great movie, and good. I'm kind of like okay with uh, the first sister act. That second one totally sucks. Um, yeah, I, I mean, but I, you're saying like for a Whoopi Goldberg movie, this is a this is a better than average Whoopi Goldberg movie. I like or this. A, a, I certainly like this better than Burglar. Um, <laughs> so there you go, everyone. <laughs> burglar, you've all seen Burglar. Right? It's really bad. Um, no, I mean it's it is to me more of a seeing is believing. I think you see it once, you've seen it, and then you're done with it. It's not like a repeat. It's not so bad that you can repeatedly watch it and get a lot more fun out of it. Yeah, it's I not, think you watch it once and you get what you get out. I of it. I don't think it's a movie uh, that you could like sit around with a bunch of friends and make no. fun of in a group or anything. But what I will say about this movie, two things: one. Just looking at pictures alone of that mane of hair does nothing for it. You need to see scenes of this this mane in action. It has to react to its environment. Yeah, this mane is really important. It's breathing, man. This mane in a gunfight is fantastic. It's a great partner to have in a gunfight. It's dodging bullets like like (laughs) it's Keanu Reeves. Well, there was one scene that we didn't get to talk about where uh, whether it they are in the uh, slum house and Brad Durst's about to shoot his head off from the back. And you can tell the main tells him that Brad Dirk is behind him, and <laughs> mm-hmm, he hits mm-hmm. it right at the right moment you're, and moves. You're totally right. <laughs> um, I would also say that this is, a, to me, a good, because it was the first time I watched this movie was this way, uh, like a nice rainy Sunday, you're kind of hungover in the afternoon movie. That would be, yeah. It's totally fine, because it's long enough that you're like, this will soak up a lot of the day. But it's also like, aside from, you know, the grinding halt that it takes, when she starts talking about her Dead past people. life and whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. everything else before that, like, I, I think it's totally fine. It does be forewarned, crawl to a halt. <laughs> yeah. But no, perfect uh, Sunday hangover movie. I'd say that's fatal beauty from 1987 directed by Tom Holland. If you want more information about the show, check out our website, whmpodcast.com. Be sure to check out all the other great shows on the sideshow network website, sideshow network.tv. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. We're at WHM Podcast. Right into the mailbag. We all hate movies at gmail.com. Uh, rate and review the show in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get it. Uh, we would greatly appreciate you spreading the word about We Hate Movies. Clue for next week's episode, Eric Siska. Uh, Walter Koenig, also known as Chekhov. Oh, Star what? Trek Chekhov. Yeah, dude. All right. Uh. If Star Trek's Chekhov is in a movie, it's got to go off. <laughs> be sure to check us out at the lily pad on march 21st 8 p.m in cambridge massachusetts whmpodcast.brownpapertickets.com until next week with walter koenig i'm andrew jupin chris gavin eric siska take it easy